I mean the scourge of leadership, our arrogance and complacency. And I come across it frequently. I'm sure you come across it frequently. It's the people who feel that they are entitled and they become complacent. Episode 173, Nine Steps for Cultivating a Fierce Sense of Urgency. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With 1.3 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. So good to have you with us on the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Jason, a good day to you. Uh, good day to you. It's great to be back. You've had a week of travel. I've had a week of travel. I'm off again in a couple of days. So it's uh, uh, we don't say busy. We just say uh, we're glad for the work. We're keeping our time occupied. Um, but but I I don't know how to say this, how to, how to get into this, but I'm, I'm feeling... Um, I don't know, the jilted spouse. <laughs> I understand you've gone out and um, done another podcast with somebody else. Well, I'm saying uh, all of this in jest. I was, I was going to tell you as a joke. I, I was going to tell you about it <laughs> at, the, at the right time. <laughs> uh, the right, oh, and now's the right time for right. an audience of millions. Okay. All right. So anyway, uh, a couple of weeks ago, or several weeks ago, I received uh, an email invitation from Clay Clark uh, to be a guest on his podcast, uh, The Thrive Time Show. And so I checked it out, and I was very surprised. It's uh, the number two business podcast in the world. And so I checked him out a little further and checked out his activities, and uh, I wrote back and said, uh, because I, I try to be accommodating to other people as, as as often as I can. And I said, sure, I, I would be happy to be on uh, your podcast. So what happened next is I received a list of like 28 questions. And I took a list of the uh, look at these 28 questions. And I thought this guy is really putting me through my paces. So we recorded the podcast uh, several days ago. The podcast is now live. Uh, anybody can access it at uh, thrive the thrive. Let's see. Is it uh, the thrive time show? dot com that, that that's it and uh, and thrive time thrive time show dot com is is where they can access it um, and I have to tell you uh, other than hanging out with you uh, it is probably the most enjoy uh, most enjoyable time I've ever had uh, guesting on someone else's podcast uh, the guy is very very good and he really dives deep and so i really want to give a shout out to him but that's actually how we came up with the content for today so dale it actually turns out that one of clay clark's favorite books in the world is my book hit the ground running and there's actually a backstory to the book hit the ground running uh, i you know i'm i'm proud of the fact that my books have all been big bestsellers but i have to tell you hit the ground running performed the least poorly of all of my books. And let me tell you why. Uh, it came out in 2008. Do you recall what was happening in 2008? Yeah, nobody was buying books. Nobody was buying anything. They were st <laughs> stashing cash in mattresses and running for cover. 
nobody wanted to hit the ground running. I mean, everybody wanted to hit the bed and pull the covers over their head. And so the book enjoyed success, but it's, it's kind of become uh, like less is more one of those cult books where I, I hear about it frequently and people want to order uh, uh, cases of, of, of books. And so what it forced me to do when I looked at his list of 28 questions, I thought, wow, I've really got to go back and revisit the book, book, chapter and verse, because I don't want to be caught short when somebody's asking me questions about a book that I wrote. And um, and so that's what his podcast was about. And so for that book, Hit the Ground Running, what we did very briefly is we wanted to identify those CEOs who had created the greatest amount of value over a three-year period of time. So it was really going to be a manual for new leaders. We wanted to uh, we wanted to look at a man or a woman comes in, takes over as CEO, and who were the CEOs that had the greatest performance during their first three years on the job? And so the average CEO we identified for Hit the Ground Running had on average doubled revenues, tripled earnings per share, tripled EBITDA, and doubled profit margins in their first three years on the job. Uh, just an outstanding performance. Some of the companies were uh, the J.M. Smucker Company. No, Who would have ever guessed that a company most widely known for its jams and jellies uh, would have accomplished that? Staples under Ron Sargent and the incredible job he did building that company. Humana, uh, Harris Corporation, one of my favorites, uh, Jeffrey Laberbaum, Mohawk Industries, uh, the world's largest carpet and floor covering company out of Dalton, Georgia. Just a remarkable story. And so one of the questions that Clay asked me was, how do you create a fierce sense of urgency? Now, a lot of my work has been about speed and, and creating a sense of urgency, whether it was the high-speed company, whether it was it's not the big that eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. But I landed on this chapter and hit the ground running, and I looked at the synopsis of the chapter, and I thought, wow, that's worthy of talking about with Dale. So I talked about this, um, uh, creating this fierce sense of urgency, some simple points with Clay in response to one of his questions, and I thought that's what we talk about today, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Let's All right. dive in. I love this idea of urgency. It feels like it's it's a when I when I experience it lacking, it tends to be frustrating. Well, yeah, and uh, I told you the story once before, but it happened just again uh, in the past couple of weeks when I when I'm talking to a CEO, and this was a very large, very successful company. Uh, you would call them a giant in business, and uh, this is like the third or fourth time that this has actually happened exactly the same way. So we got to this point in the conversation where I said to the CEO, "So my next question is this: You know, what's keeping you awake at night these days?" And uh, what's causing you to lose sleep? And the guy said, hold on a second. I want to make sure that uh, the door is closed and nobody can hear. And the guy came back and he jumped on the phone and he said, look, he said, it's very simple. He said, it not only keeps me awake every night, I worry about it every day. He said, how in the world can I light a fire under the ass of everybody in this company? We just don't have a sense of urgency. And so, um, uh, the world is urgent, and there is a distinct need for companies to act with urgency as well. So let me jump right in, and I'm going to cover nine points. I'm going to do it very, very quickly. And again, this is an amalgamation of all the interviews with all of the CEOs who did the greatest job in their first three years on the job. So number one, you have to set out with a mindset to win. 
and a mindset to get things done quickly. And you have to surround yourself with others who feel the same way. My observation is, is simple. Slow people don't change. We have tried, we've, we've talked about this in the past, Dale, the biggest mistake that any leader or any manager or any business owner can ever make is wanting people to be what they want them to be and not what they really are. Uh, it's, it's, it's not going to work. I've never seen somebody be able to make somebody what they wanted them to be because the person has to want to be that person. So set out to win and set out to get things done quickly. Make that the ethos and surround yourself only with people who feel the exact same way. You've got to get rid of everybody else. Number two, and I really like this one, have a no spin policy in everything. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal, don't cover up, uh, don't exaggerate. Um, just if, if, if you're spinning all the time, what happens is you spend a disproportionate amount of your time either explaining your spin or creating more spin to make your original spin go away or seem real. And so all of these CEOs had this no spin policy in everything, and they truly followed the golden rule do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And they followed it and they expected everyone else in the organization to follow it. Number three, uh, and this was not a surprise, but it was refreshing to find, be focused and shed stuff that's not working or that you have no experience in. Uh, I One of the lessons I learned from Charles Schwab was this. What you have to have is you got to have a plan and then you have to have a backup plan And he said, look, we don't like to lose, but if you've done the plan, you've done your backup plan, and it hasn't worked, it's time to ask, what have we learned from this so we don't repeat this exact same mistake? And let's put it in our museum of failed innovations, which they actually have, and let's move on to something else. So shed stuff that's not working or that you have no experience in. Number four, and this is a big one at companies. You have to relentlessly work to root out any sense of entitlement and complacency. I mean, the scourge of leadership are arrogance and complacency. And I come across it frequently. I'm sure you come across it frequently. It's the people who feel that they are entitled and they become complacent. And it is the job of the leader, it's the job of the manager to constantly be working to root out any sense of entitlement and complacency. Number five, most companies don't do this. They don't do a good job of this. Do postmortems on everything that doesn't work. Now, that makes sense. But also do postmortems on everything that is working. So in most companies, uh, you know, they don't want to do postmortems. They just want to place some blame, forget about it, and move on. So therefore, you're not a learning organization. So do postmortems on everything that works and absolutely also make certain that you do postmortems on everything that doesn't work. Number six, I remember uh, Keith Ratty, who ran Questar, one of the companies in the book, told me, he said, you know, if you want to be fast, you just have to ask a lot of dumb questions. He said, I spend half my day asking dumb questions. I mean, why, why, why do we do this? Why, why do we do that that way? Have we ever thought about doing it another way? Or what about this? Have we ever examined this and questioned this? 
And he said, when, when you spend a lot of your time asking seemingly dumb questions, you learn an incredible amount about what you need to do to get faster. Number seven, uh, find the right role models. Everybody needs a role model. And preferably, you're going to find a fast, decisive role model who has excelled at creating senses of urgency. Make them your role model and learn from them. Number eight, above all, and we learned it from all the CEOs uh, in the book, uh, in the research for the book, Hit the Ground Running, stay humble. Stay humble. When you start taking yourself too seriously, you really start doing stupid stuff. And then, and I remember Keith from Questar who told me this one too. He said, if you really want to have an urgent organization, a fast organization, he said, number nine, leave when you've lost your sense of urgency. When you've lost the fire in your belly, it's time for you to leave. So you put those nine things together. What, what are you going to get? You're going to get an organization that acts with urgency. Questions? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go through the list of nine, if that's all right with you, yep. for those yep. who are driving and uh, are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, I need to pull over and write this down. But uh, number one, set out to win and get things done quickly. Get rid of the, the slow people because slow people don't change. No spin policy. I love this. Uh, admit your mistakes, be transparent, don't spin anything, be focused, shed stuff that's not working or that you have no experience in. That's number three. Number four, root out any sense of entitlement and complacency. If you've got your name on a parking stall in front of the building, that's entitlement. I mean, that's, that's a root entitlement issue. Get rid of it. Do postmortems on everything that works and everything that doesn't. And I think this one especially hits home because I talked to a number of people where things are going right. And I've got a good friend who just took over as CEO and uh, the company is doing really well in some areas, especially financially. And he says, I got in there and I started asking the why questions and rooting around. And he was asking the dumb questions, you know, why, why, why? And, uh, they didn't know why they were having success in some areas. And if you don't know, right? The, if you don't know why you're having success in some areas, uh, when stuff breaks, it's going to be really hard to figure it out. So, and not, not only that, you're not going to be able to replicate it in other areas. Exactly, exactly. So, do postmortems on everything, including what does work. Ask your dumb questions. Number six, seven, find the right role models. You're not reinventing the wheel in this. There are people who have gone before you, who know, who have made the missteps. Um, number of us dads of teenagers, uh, we have a favorite right, saying right. that when you're, especially when you're raising kids, you've got two types of kids. You've got kids that will learn from others and what they read and what they see mom and dad do. And you've got those that have to pee on the electric fence themselves. Yes. And that's the hard way to learn. So find the right role models. Uh, number eight, stay humble. Number nine, leave when you've lost your sense of urgency. And I think what you're saying there is that sets the example. The leader must have a sense of urgency. And um, another quick story to illustrate this. I was sitting on the sidelines watching my son's football practice years ago, and I had one of the assistant coaches from Boise State with me. It was a friend, and we were watching, and, and I was complaining about a lack of sense of urgency on the field um, with, with the kids. And he, he leaned over to me, and he said, you know why? And I said, Why? And he said, look at the coaches. Are right. your coaches running off and on the field? No. 
Oh, that's it. He said, when the coaches have a sense of urgency, the players have a sense of urgency. So it's all about setting the example. And can I share one story with you? Uh, going, back, uh, going back to the sense of entitlement. Uh, so I've got to get in an airplane in a couple of days and uh, head back to Chicago for a speech. And uh, I always stay at a favorite. And this is it's going to be a suburban uh, uh, speech right at O'Hare Airport in the O'Hare Hilton. But I don't like to stay in that hotel. So I always stay at another hotel out in the airport area. And I've stayed there many, many times. And, uh, and there's a shopping center with a lot of restaurants just across the street. And there's also a branch bank. And I'll take a picture this time. So I have to cross this busy, I guess it's like an eight-lane road to get to the shopping center parking lot. And there at the corner is a, a branch bank. And directly in front of the bank, and I, I, I saw it as recently as a few months ago, I'm sure I'm going to see it again, the most valuable parking spots and the only ones that are out of the rain are reserved for branch manager, assistant branch manager, and tellers with signs on them. Everybody else, go to hell, get wet. I mean, but not the branch manager of the bank. Mm. And you're right, yeah. that's entitlement. It's entitlement. It's saying, you know, we're more important than our customers. So, yeah. Oh, I'll look forward to that picture. That'll All be right. a fun one to see and, and, on and, Facebook. And, and in fact, that'll be a Facebook moment. That'll be awesome. By the way, we should tell folks that uh, you can engage with Jason on Facebook right there. Find it, jason-jennings.com slash Facebook. Jason would love to see you. And you can also see, his, see him active in his travels around the country. That's where he'll be posting is on Facebook. Any final words for us? I do. I do. So uh, for the book, Hit the Ground Running, uh, one of the very impressive dudes uh, that I got to know was a man by the name of, uh, so this is like a bonus tip, and this is a big one, uh, was Howard Lance. Uh, he was the chairman, president, and CEO of Harris Corporation. Uh, now he's the president of a very, and CEO of a similar company called Maxar Technologies, which specializes in manufacturing communication and Earth observation radar and on-orbit servicing of satellites, a big company based in uh, Colorado. He was a very, very impressive guy. And uh, during the course of spending time with him in Florida, I, I asked him the question, what's one of the most important things that you've ever done? Uh, a pivotal moment in your life, something that comes to mind that you're willing to tell me about. And he said, I went to a workshop once. And he said, I got more out of that workshop than anything because they asked us, our homework for the night was to go back to our hotel rooms and write our own obituary and then share it with the class the next day. And he said they wanted us to concentrate on people whose lives we had touched things we had accomplished. He said, I'll tell you what, write your own obituary. And he said, it will change many directions in your life. So I actually, I'm not going to make the story longer than it needs to be. I was so impacted by this that I came home and I spent an afternoon writing my own obituary. And just like he promised, it had a real profound impact on me because it really lets you know what's important and what's not important. So when you say write your own obituary, are you talking about, is it a mix or is it independent aspirational or just what's happened up to this point? No, 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 no. Aspirational, 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 write the obituary that you would like to have written. 
the people you touched, the lives you influenced, the things you accomplished. So it's an aspirational obituary. So it's not just about the things I've done up until now and I'm going to pop off tomorrow, but it's the things I hope to accomplish and be remembered for. It was, a, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a great exercise. I mean, it actually brought me to tears a couple of times when I was doing it. But then I'm of Scandinavian heritage. My kidneys are close to my eyes, and so it doesn't take much to get them a little moist. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Thank you so much for that, Jason. Uh, safe travels to you this week. Thanks for those nine items. Uh, go back and listen to this podcast over. Be sure you subscribe in the iTunes store or at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes. While you're there, if you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. Be sure to drop Jason a line with how these messages, how this information impacts you and how you put it to work in your daily life. Jason loves to hear from you. Jason at jason-jennings.com is the email address. Once again, jason at jason-jennings.com. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com. <laughs>